This is Mike Roth. Welcome to the Open Forum in the Villages podcast. In this show, we're going to talk to leaders in the community, leaders of clubs, and interesting folks who live here in the villages to give perspective of what's happening here in the villages and information that I think all villagers should have. We hope to add a new episode most Friday at 9 o'clock. This is Mike Roth on Open Forum in the Villages. I'm here today with Bonnie Stein. Bonnie, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mike. Let me tell our listeners a little bit about Bonnie. Bonnie is the daughter of Holocaust survivors. Bonnie is a speaker and been involved in Holocaust education for almost 25 years. She's the daughter of two Holocaust survivors, Lily and Michael Schmidtmayer. Bonnie has spoken at Holocaust conferences in Chicago, Detroit, Boston, Washington, D.C., North Carolina, Tampa, Los Angeles, and Las Vegas. Bonnie was the president of the board of Generations After at the Florida Holocaust Museum for 12 years. That's the museum in Tampa, isn't it, Bonnie? That's the museum in St. Petersburg, Florida. St. Petersburg. Almost Tampa. That's right. It was a very good museum. I went through it myself. Bonnie was a founding member of the international group of descendants of Holocaust survivors called Generations of Shoah International. She speaks to students and teachers and the military at MacDill Air Force Base about lessons learned from the Holocaust. Thank you again for joining us, Bonnie. Before we get started, I always like to throw a joke into the show to lighten up the mood a little bit. Bonnie, here's one that you you probably know. What is the biggest gem in the world? Gosh, Mike, I'm not sure. How about a baseball diamond? Oh, my goodness. A little bit of the corny joke. Well, that happens here on the show. That was for my grandson, Evan. So, Bonnie, why don't you tell our audience briefly how you learned that your parents were Holocaust survivors? Well, the interesting thing is that most elementary school kids nowadays know more about the Holocaust than I knew even growing up in a Holocaust family with two parents that were Holocaust survivors. And that is because in a home of Holocaust survivors, there's not a whole lot of discussion about the Holocaust. In fact, there's a lot of silence about the Holocaust. When I was five and a half years old and I went to first grade in Miami, I remember coming home from that first day in first grade, my mother asked me, what did we do in class? And what did the teacher do? And I said that the teacher asked all of us, what did we do for our summer vacation? And I said to my mom, all the other kids said that they went to see their grandparents this summer. How come I don't have any grandparents? And she said, because your grandparents were killed by the Nazis. And then she ran out of the room crying. So at five and a half, I found out about the Holocaust. I didn't really know what it was, but I found out that there were terrible people called Nazis. And I also realized not to ask any more questions ever again about grandparents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your parents' experience in the concentration camp? Well, my mom was taken from her home, put onto a truck and taken first to a ghetto, which at that time happened to be a lumber yard. That's where the ghetto was, where she lived for several weeks. And then they were all, her whole entire neighborhood and her family was put on cattle cars. These cattle cars were made to obviously carry cattle and horses during World War One, first, and by World War Two, they were being used to transport people. My mother was in a cattle car with her family and about a hundred 
people for three days on their way from the ghetto to Auschwitz concentration camp. And that was three days with no water and no food and no bathrooms. And she was 13 and a half years old at the time. Mm -hmm. What part of Europe was she from? My mother was from Hungary. Mm -hmm. And my father, also a Holocaust survivor, was from Romania. Now, his experience was a little bit different in that he was in a vocational school and the Nazis came to the vocational school to get all the Jewish kids. I say kids. He was 17 years old at the time to take all the Jewish kids that were working on different vocational endeavors and take them to labor camps where they could be slave labor for the Nazis at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As I had an opportunity to listen to one of your earlier talks, did your mom actually know Anne Frank? Well, there's an interesting connection between my mom and Anne Frank. And when I speak to children's groups, they're particularly curious about this part. And that's because, of course, most kids, by the time they're in middle school, have read the diary of Anne Frank. Now, my mom and Anne Frank do have quite some similarities. They were both born in the same month in the same year. So if they Anne Frank was still alive today, as my mom is still alive today, they would both be 93 years old right now. Mm -hmm. Were they both in the same concentration camp? They actually were. They were both at Auschwitz at the same time, and they were both liberated. Well, they weren't liberated because Anne Frank was dead by this point, but they both were in Bergen-Belsen. My mom was in Bergen-Belsen with her older sister, my Aunt Nancy, and Anne Frank was in Bergen-Belsen with her older sister, Margot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just so happened my mom was still alive at liberation, even though she was 60 pounds at liberation, and mm -hmm. Anne Frank had died about three and a half weeks before liberation is what we can perceive from what we do know. So yes, my mom was liberated in April 5th, on April 15th, 1945. And at that point, she was an orphan because all four of my grandparents, my mother's mother and father and my father's mother and father were all murdered during that time in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. Bonnie, can you tell our listeners what Remembrance Day is and why it's significant? Well, in January, January 27th, we're coming up to International Holocaust Commemoration Day. And that is the day that Auschwitz concentration camp was liberated, which is why we celebrate International Holocaust Commemoration Day that day. That's different from national, our U.S. National Holocaust Commemoration Day, which we celebrate, I say celebrate, it's really we commemorate in May. Nope. So, they so we're coming up to that right now and that's a day for the whole world to basically remember remember the holocaust and the hope is that by remembering we'll make sure that it doesn't happen again but we so far might know that that's not true because here it's been since the holocaust and we have had over 50 genocides since the Holocaust. So one thing it seems to happen that one thing we learn from history is that we don't learn very much from history. Mm -hmm. It almost seems like it's happening again in the Ukraine. Absolutely. Absolutely. My point exactly that we talk about remembering, but we don't really make any changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In your other talks, I've heard you 
mentioned something called the ditch. Why don't you tell our uh, listeners what that is? Well, this is kind of a Bonnie Stein thought that in life, and this can go with every every single thing from the Holocaust to your average issues that we have. Everybody has problems and issues that we all have an opportunity to overcome. And I don't necessarily mean that we can overcome what happened in our past. Yet what I try to do in my life and what I try to recommend, and when I speak to kids, especially about the Holocaust, I'm suggesting that although we can't always do anything about the outer problems in life, whether they be a divorce or losing a job or getting cancer, some big, big challenges, or maybe having all four of your grandparents murdered like I did. There's nothing we can do about that past. Yet, there is something we can do about using that past as an help to help us get on that path, using the past to help us stay on our path and going forward. The way I look at it is that we're all on this path in life and that there are ditches on both sides of us. Kind of like imagine riding your bike on a path and that you know to the right and to the left is a ditch. And over that ditch, you might get in over, over the cliff, go overboard. And yet, If you keep looking in that ditch, if you keep talking about that ditch, if you keep trying to get other people to get come over and look in the ditch with you, then that's where we're headed. We're headed where we focus. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep our eyes on where we want to go and stop talking about and stop thinking about and stop repeating what we don't want in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I understand, Bonnie, that you've participated in one or more meetings of Holocaust survivors' children and the children of Nazis. Why don't you tell us how that went? In 2000, in the year 2000, I applied to be part of a group called One by One. Now, this organization, One by One, was started in Berlin, Germany in the late 1990s, and it was a group to try to bring together for dialogue children of Holocaust survivors along with the descendants of the Nazi perpetrators. Now, we would never expect people like my parents who went through the Holocaust to get together with the Nazi perpetrators and sit down and have a talk. Yet, what happens if you don't communicate with former enemies, then eventually it gets perpetuated year after year after year. It moves to the second generation and the third generation and the fourth generation. And we know that still today that hatred continues if we don't get a handle on that hatred. Mm -hmm. So when I found out about this group called One by One, I told my mother that I was going to apply. You can imagine my parents were not very happy that their daughter was going back to Germany, the land of their torture and their starvation Mm -hmm. and where they were beaten and where their parents on both sides were murdered. So they weren't all that excited and they did not understand why I wanted to go. Honestly, I wasn't exactly sure why I wanted to go either, other than there was something inside of me that felt I wanted to speak to these descendants of the Nazis. I wanted to hear from them. I wanted to hear their story. I just felt something inside of me was being called. Mm -hmm. And how how do we stop all of this 
anger and hatred going on and this anti-Semitism? That's a big question. And if I had that answer to that big question, wow. Bonnie Stein for president. Yeah, or, or something. I would say that it starts with us, each one as an individual. You know, when you ask people what's wrong with society or what's wrong with their situation, most people are very quick to blame and complain about somebody else. They'll tell you what, oh, he needs to do or she needs to do or my neighbor needs to do for my life to get better or my spouse needs to do or if my kids only did this, my life would be better or if um, our government could change. And really, Mike, I believe that it's easy to want change, but it's not easy for us to realize that we are the ones that have to change. We have to change before anything can change. And what do I mean by that? I mean that Our own thoughts have to be the place that we start the change. Our own words have to be where we change. Our own behavior has to change. We have to stop waiting for somebody else to do something different for our life to be better. Mm -hmm. So right now, I realize that there are still plenty of people probably in Germany that still would like to see the Jews dead, just like they did when my parents were there. But yet, I and there are plenty of children of survivors like myself that would never, ever want to go to Germany and be in the same area or land where this happened to their parents. And I can understand that. I'm not judging it. I say that I have to go there to hear what they have to say too. What was the thing that most surprised you when you went? So seven of us, seven children of Holocaust survivors from all over the United States, I was the only one from Florida, met in Berlin with seven children of the Nazi perpetrators, seven descendants of the Nazi perpetrators. And we met all day from eight o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. We lived with them in the same dorm. We ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner with them in the same area. We spoke for probably eight hours a day with them, along with facilitators there. Do you speak German? I do not speak German. So did did they speak English? Some of them spoke English, Mm -hmm. and we also had a German translator. We had two facilitators that were from the Jewish Holocaust survivor side and two translators from the German side. What was the biggest takeaway that you had, Bonnie? The biggest takeaway for me was that I thought that I would just be doing my story and they wanted to listen to what I had to say, but that wasn't it. I also was extremely interested in what they had to say and what their life was like. Mm-hmm. We were all asked to say, give us your, give, at first, five minutes of what How did the Holocaust impact your life growing up? Mm -hmm. So every child of survivors and every descendant of the German side also said the same thing. What impacted your life the most? And I found myself very interested in listening to how their life was impacted. After all, it's one thing to be the victim. Mm -hmm. When you're the victim, everybody does feel sorry for you. But imagine being the perpetrator or growing up in a family of perpetrators and imagine how you must feel about your parent as the perpetrator. So it just gave me a real different insight into how, how 
challenging their life was. I know my life was challenging growing up as a kid, and I found that their lives were also extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. Maybe you could talk for a moment about negative self-talk, I think, that you mentioned earlier. So these are the words that we say to ourselves about about a challenging situation. Again, I mentioned a few challenging situations that we've had. Everybody has challenging situations. I teach race walking classes here in the villages, and I hear my students talk about a child who died. They had a, a child, perhaps, who died. Many of them have parents who are having real severe health challenges right now. Some of them have spouses with significant health challenges like cancer. I have one student who has a husband with a, who had recently had a stroke. There's a lot of things going on. Some of my students have children with alcoholic problems and drug addiction problems. So, I don't like to compare challenge opportunities because we all have them. We all have them. So if we were going to give our listeners one message from the daughter of a Holocaust survivor, what would that message be? The message that I would say to everybody is that even though you can't do anything about your past, you can do something big about your present and going forward. In fact, Mike, I like to say that when we give up all hope for a different past, that is when our future gets immediately better. Mm -hmm. When we give up all hope for a different past. Many people are still talking about the past. And I believe that the point of remembrance is to remember the past and then start talking about the future. Start moving toward the future. Stop looking in the ditch, stop discussing what's in the ditch, and put your eyes on the path of where you want to go, and then keep that first and foremost in your mind. Mm -hmm. We as human beings have a, a tendency not to want to change, and there have been a lot of books written on that. I'll share with you one lesson I, I learned when I was back in Cincinnati, that the higher your ability to deal with adversity is, and the quicker you can deal with adversity, the more successful you're going to be in life. I agree 100%. From my background as an elementary school teacher, we call that coping skills, mm -hmm. that the better your coping skills are, the easier it is going to be for you to navigate these challenges. It doesn't mean you're not going to have these challenges. You're still going to have them, yet with better coping skills. And for me, that's a coping skill, is learning how to get your eyes out of the ditch, back on the path where you want to go, not pretend that the ditch is not there, but to keep heading toward what you want, meaning you want to keep thinking about what you want. You want to keep speaking about what you want. You want to keep believing that what you want is possible. You want to keep behaving toward what you want. And no one else has to be on board. Mm -hmm. No one else has to. Life doesn't have to wait until everybody around you Posit decides to go with you. Positive self-talk does help and working and putting th thoughts into your subconscious mind in the direction that you want to go, I found, always helps. I want to say one other thing about positive self-talk. Often people, I believe incorrectly, 
think that positive self-talk means Pollyanna talk or that positive self-talk means that, oh, we're just going to put our head in the sand and ignore all the negative things. That's not positive self-talk. Positive self-talk is the philosophy in your own mind that no matter what I come in contact with, I am positive that I can handle it. And I'm going to start thinking in that direction. And I'm going to start speaking in that direction. Change and adapt. Take advantage of the opportunities that are put in front of you every day and triumph in ways that you didn't know about yesterday. You know, Mike, what's the difference between try and triumph? Actually doing. An extra umph. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bonnie, for being on the show today. And Bonnie... If anyone wants to reach out to you via email, how would they do that? Absolutely. You can email me at Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, at acewalker.com. So that is Bonnie at A-C-E, walker.com. Thanks again today, Bonnie, for being on the show. My pleasure. Remember, our next episode will air live Friday at 9 a.m., or should I say pre-recorded, but that's when it'll be released on our regular subscription. Bonus subscribers can get early access to episodes. Should you want to become a sponsor of the show, contact me at MikeRoth at RothVoice.com. If you know someone that you think should be on the show, send me an email at Mike at RothVoice.com. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show. The content of the show is copyright by RothVoice 2022, all rights reserved.